Our reading this evening is taken from Luke chapter 24, reading from verse 36, and will be found on page 1062 in your church Bibles. Luke 24, verse 36. This passage has just followed Jesus speaking on the Emmaus Road as the risen Jesus with his disciples and they have run off and found the others. So, verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Well, before I uh, start this evening, I would like to just take this opportunity, a very um, apposite opportunity as it happens, to um, say thank you to all of you who contributed so very generously to the uh, missionary gift day that we had uh, recently uh, for uh, Scripture Union. I was thrilled with the uh, amount of money that you gave, and so thank you for that. Uh, It will be a very real practical benefit to... Um, Scripture Union as we take the Gospel to children and young people in the schools of our, of our lands. Thank you. Secondly, for maybe those of you who are visiting, um, this is the fourth in a series of uh, sermons that we have um, as we're working together as a church through um, the E100 Bible Reading Challenge. Um, I'm delighted to tell you that the challenge is going to be launched nationally later uh, this year across the whole of Britain and Ireland. It's going to be backed by uh, Scripture Union, the Bible Societies and Wycliffe. Um, So the experience gained in running the programme here um, will be of real benefit to those churches who take up the challenge uh, next year. So thank you. Uh, To those of you who've already given me your comments, we're going to be sending out another survey um, electronically uh, later next week. 
Um, so please do fill that in. Whether or not, actually, whether or not you're following the challenge, it'd be interesting to know um, your feelings anyway. Um, please do fill that in. It'd be an enormous practical benefit. Thank you for being such enthusiastic guinea pigs. So as we come to this, uh, the final sermon in the series, of course, those of you who've started have still got some way to go. Um, let me remind you of the um, story so far. In the first sermon, we looked at the big picture, starting with the perfect world that God created, and then the fall, and then the promises of God to Abram, in the second session, we saw how those promises started to be fulfilled as God rescued his people from Egypt, gave them the law as the way to live out those covenant promises, brought them into the promised land and graciously allowed them to have a king. And from that relative high, we saw last time disappointment as Israel's history declined. But even against that backdrop, the uh, prophetic hope was being proclaimed by prophets, raised up by God to keep the people on track. Pointing to a brighter, yet to be revealed future. And that is how the Old Testament ends. After 400 years of silence, the New Testament takes up the story. And if you started the E100 challenge on the 24th of January, way back when it was cold and snowy, and if you have progressed at the rate of five readings a week, then you will have completed the Old Testament, worked through the teaching and miracles of, of Jesus. And I know that people have been progressing at, at different rates through it. At least one person I know has very nearly completed all 100 readings. Um, others progressing at a much more leisurely uh, rate, and that's absolutely fine. But that's where we're starting tonight. After the, uh, the, the sections which cover the, the, the miracles and teachings um, of Jesus, as we preview, really, the rest of the whole of the New Testament. How long have we got? But before I do go any further, I should just warn you, um, I'm going to reveal the end of the story. So, if you're one of those people that likes to keep up the suspense, if you're the sort of person who hides behind the sofa when they announce the football scores before um, uh, the match of the day, or goes and makes a cup of tea or whatever it is, now is the time to, to make your move. I won't be upset. After the birth, miracles and teachings of Jesus, we come to his death on the cross. And the next E100 readings starts with the account of the Last Supper, a Passover celebration. You know, it's no coincidence that Jesus' death came at the time of Passover. I think that this is one of the most powerful pieces of evidence which proves conclusively that it was Jesus who was in control of the events 
leading up to his crucifixion. In the uh, traditional Passover service, there is a wonderful song of praise, a, a, a rising crescendo of thanksgiving, beginning with gratitude for physical deliverance and uh, ending with thanks for spiritual blessing. It, it has a front refrain. It would have been enough, or in Hebrew, dayenu. It goes like this. As I read it, just listen to it and echo the words in your hearts. Because for all of us who are Christians, the us in the prayer is us all. How manifold are the favours which God has bestowed on us. Had he brought us out of Egypt and not sustained us in the desert? Dayenu, it would have been enough. Had he sustained us in the desert and not given us the Sabbath? Dayenu, it would have been enough. Had he given us the Sabbath and not given us the Torah? Dayenu. Had he given us the Torah and not brought us to the land of Israel? Dayenu. Had he brought us to the land of Israel and not built for us the temple? Dayenu. Had he built for us the temple and not sent us his servants, the prophets? Dayenu. Had he sent us his servants, the prophets, and not given us the synagogue? Dayenu. Had he given us the synagogue and not sent us among the nations to proclaim his unity? Dayenu. And for Jews, of course, that is where the story ends. But as Christians, we can add a further Dayenu. Because had, we can say, had he sent us out among the nations to proclaim his unity and not proclaim salvation through the death of Jesus, it would have been enough. But he did more. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. As the poster outside church declares. And of course, in the account of the Last Supper, we see the return of two signposts that those of you here will remember from the opening session that we were looking out for in the Old Testament. Firstly, sacrifice. Would you turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke 22, verse 19? It's on page 1058. Familiar words to us, of course. Luke 22, verse 19. And Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The Passover, you'll remember, was instituted at the exodus from Egypt when a lamb without blemish was sacrificed. A foreshadowing of Christ's sacrifice. The Apostle Paul describes Jesus as our Passover lamb. And Jesus is going to fulfil the promise of that original sacrifice by his death on the cross. We also see the return of another Old Testament theme, covenant. The next verse, verse 20, in the same way after the supper, 
Jesus took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. The new covenant. The new covenant that was promised by, the, by uh, Jeremiah is to be fulfilled by Jesus. So do continue looking out for these signposts of sacrifice and covenant throughout the New Testament as well as throughout the Old. And look out too for evidence of God's grace and examples of faith that we can see there. But the main point that I want to draw out of this evening is that it is Jesus is the one who fulfills. It is Jesus the one who fulfills full all that is promised and left unfulfilled in the Old Testament. Look, for example, a bit further down at Luke 22, verse 37. Jesus said to them, It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you, this must be fulfilled in me. Jesus here is referring back to Isaiah 53, the passage that we looked at last time. And very consciously saying that all that the suffering servant was to be, he was going to be, Jesus was going to be. I am that, he said. It's all about to be fulfilled in me. How poignant. How powerful, how simply awesome that Jesus' death should be timed at Passover. The festival that marked deliverance from Egypt is a foreshadowing of the deliverance from sin. There's an old joke, you've probably heard it, that uh, in a family service, uh, whatever the question, the answer is always Jesus. And there's a very real sense in which that is true. Jesus is the answer to the questions that people were asking throughout the Old Testament. And we see Jesus teaching his disciples that very point in tonight's reading, don't we? Would you just turn on to page 1062, Luke 24 verse 44 Jesus said to his disciples this is what I told you while I was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets and the Psalms do you not find that simply amazing here we are it's just hours after the resurrection And what is Jesus doing? He's having a Bible study. A study of the Old Testament, starting with the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. It was probably, you see, an an early version of the E100 challenge. Except, of course, it was just E50 at that stage. Why? Why was he opening the pages of the Old Testament? Because that... That is where we will find Jesus. 
That is where the answers to the questions that were flooding into their minds were to be found. And did they take those lessons in? Did they learn from their Bible study? Oh yes, they did. You know, I went through Matthew's Gospel and I counted 15 places where Matthew explicitly states that this or that happened to fulfil what had been written in the Scriptures. But look at the next verse, verse 45. Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand the Scriptures. You see... God meets us in his word, but only the Holy Spirit can open blind eyes, illumine our hearts to what God is saying. The the Spirit leads us to engage with the text and face God's challenge in the here and now, helping us to understand, to apply the Bible. God's word, of course, is for everyone. It's not just for the professionals. But as we approach the Bible, we must do so prayerfully. Indeed, it's one of Scripture Union's principles for handling the Bible. And another principle is that we should read the Bible, long word, Christologically. Very simply, looking for Christ. Old Testament and New Testament, every single passage that we approach, we should be looking for for Jesus. He is the focus of God's revelation. And the Holy Spirit leads us into the truth, testifying to and glorifying Jesus. Just in passing, while I'm on the subject of reading the, the, the Bible, another principle is to read it corporately. We are the body of Christ. We learn from those uh, who have read and lived by the Bible in previous generations. And that, of course, is one of the real benefits of being part of a a small group, to study the Bible together. And then we should read the Bible as a whole. The whole of the Bible is God's inspired word to his people. And I hope that if you're following the challenge, one of the benefits that you're getting from it is the, the overview that it provides of the Bible. And if you've not yet started the challenge, actually it's not too late, uh, do visit the, the, the book room or a, for a copy of the, the, the companion uh, guide. But fundamentally, engaging with the Bible is about a relationship with God. And this can only be achieved by dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Anyway, moving on. We have now seen how Jesus announced the new covenant And now we move on to see how he um, creates a new community, a community of witnesses who are sent out into the world to declare the good news of the risen Lord, to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins through the cross and to enter into all the world with the good news of the gospel. You see, if you've still got uh, Luke 24 open, look at uh, 24 verse 47. What is to be preached? It is repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in Christ's name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You 
are witnesses of these things. And that sentence relates directly to the beginning of Luke's second volume, which we know as the Acts of the Apostles. So if you turn over a few pages to Acts um, chapter 1, verse 1092, we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Do you see how seamlessly Luke overlaps, knits together the first and second volumes of his his great work? And as they heard those words, the apostles became that new community of believers, committed to spreading the good news all over the known world. And this is uh, not just the title page of the book of Acts, though it certainly is that, but in a way it's a title page to the whole of the rest of the New Testament, to the whole of the rest of the Bible indeed. We see now that the chronology of the, the, chronology of the Bible as the Gospel spreads. First in Jerusalem, then in Judea, the province in which it's set, and then the neighbouring province of Samaria, and ultimately through the Mediterranean world to the ends of the earth. And from there, the gospel began to spread in many other directions too. And that shows us the theme of uh, the second theme of fulfilment that I would like to dwell on tonight. Because the promise of Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 that we looked at in the first E100 session, the promise that through the seed of Abraham all the nations of the world would be blessed is now starting to be fulfilled. In a way, actually, when you think about it, that was completely unimaginable when it was first spoken to an old man, the husband of a barren woman. And as the book of Acts shows us, the progressive opening up um, of the the gospel, we see that promise of God to Abram being fulfilled. Look, for example, at Acts chapter 10 on page uh, 1104. This is the account of how Gentile believers first came to be accepted into the new community, the church. We get the account of how Peter's vision through um, God made it clear to him that the gospel was for Gentiles as well as for Jews. And this was a critical turning point in the way that the gospel started to spread. Luke is determined that his readers recognise that this was not just a good marketing gimmick on the part of the apostles, but a specific command of God. Indeed, you see that when you see that it's endorsed by the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. It's a pivotal point in the whole story of the Bible. The great thing is that it comes about through Jesus. The wonderful thing is that it is Jesus who is the judge, but also the one through whom 
that salvation comes. How amazing that the judge is the one through whom we gain salvation. And so as we'll read in um, reading number 81, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And what enormous comfort that is to all of us who believe. And the E100 readings will take you on through the New Testament, looking at the travels and teaching of Paul and the other apostles. And we've no time tonight to look at, um, at that in any detail, so I'm not even going to attempt to. For most Christians, these are the parts of the Bible that we're most familiar with, most comfortable with, perhaps. Although I'm not quite sure why, because often the teaching here is very uncomfortable. Perhaps we take them too lightly, but that's another story. Because finally tonight, I would like us to to point us to a third fulfilment that we discover in the New Testament. In the last book of the Bible, we read about the final fulfilment of the end times. And a bit like the Old Testament, Revelation is a book that many Christians um, tend to avoid because it's not easy to understand. Although I did meet someone recently who said it was her favourite book of the Bible. There are five readings in um, Revelation at the end of the E100 challenge which I hope will take away some of the fear of approaching this uh, wonderful book. But for now, I'd just like to show where it fits in God's plan of salvation. As we read through Revelation, in many ways, we have a summary, again, of the whole Bible. It shows how the world continues in rebellion against God. How it continues in sin. And so it comes under God's judgment. But we also see how... heaven is ruling heaven is in control and it is in heaven that the lamb who was slain that is Jesus is enthroned in glory and power and the son who is the lamb reigns supreme over all the earthly rulers over all human history and ultimately over the devil himself So the big theme of Revelation is God wins. God wins. Victory belongs to Jesus. And the fulfilment of the Abrahamic promise is underlined for us in, uh, for example, in Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 on page 1237. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And so if we fast forward to reading 100, Revelation and indeed the whole Bible ends with a vision of our Lord Jesus united with his people in his presence 
forever. And the great thought that we have seen throughout the Bible now comes to its final fulfilment. Revelation 21 verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away, has been fulfilled. Of course, even as believing Christians, we live in a fallen and a broken world, but we have the assurance that in the new Jerusalem, God dwells with his people. God's people, in God's place, under God's rule, forever. And that is where the story ends, with the purposes of God for eternity beginning with the end of time. But notice that the underlying that fulfilment, underlying the fulfilment of all of the others, is the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For Jesus did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, he came to fulfil them. Put very simply, it's all about Jesus. And if you take nothing away from tonight's service than that, please take that away. It is all about Jesus. Jesus, let us keep our eyes fixed on him. For that is how the book ends. Revelation 22. The spirit and the bride, that's the church, say come. And let him who hears say come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Let him take the free gift of the water of life. There is this great invitation right at the end of the book. And if it's an invitation which you have not yet accepted, then please, please give it fresh consideration tonight. Because he offers us the free gift of eternal life. Verse 20, He who testifies of these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And that is how the Bible and how E100 ends. If you work your way through the challenge, you will have read the first verse of the Bible and the last, and a few in between the two. You may remember this summary of the whole Bible from our first session. God makes a good world. We mess it up. God puts it right 
we all enjoy it forever. It's good to know that God wins in the end. That is the assurance that we have. It's been a long journey from Eden to the New Jerusalem through Abraham and David and Jesus and all the other people that we have met along the way. But it's a tremendous encouragement to our faith. See, this, is, this book is, is not just something that has been cooked up by a few clever authors. but something that has been revealed to us by God himself. And in that, we can have great confidence.